How's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 143, and I recorded this uh, actually last summer, I think. Um, and I was just looking for the right time to, to put it out, and now is as good a time as any. For whatever reason, it just seemed like the perfect timing. Um, this is an episode where I sat down in the podcast room with John and Harold. Now, John owns and operates Nashville Relief, and that's R-E-L-E-A-F, which is a CBD-type store. Um, and Harold is from Tennessee Homegrown. He is a pot farmer. Whoop. <laughs> so I sat down with these guys um, and uh, and we squished into the podcast room, uh, the three of us, and chatted about all sorts of things. We talked about uh, the laws surrounding hemp farming and CBD and uh, THC and all of that. Um, we talked about treatments and experiences that we've all had. We talked about the pharmaceutical companies and how they play a part and the lawmakers themselves. Um, it was a really interesting conversation. I learned a lot and uh, they're just, they're really sweet guys. And uh, Harold gifted me with a couple sweet presents afterwards, some some nice balm for um, aches and pains and things, some CD, uh, CBD balm. And uh, I don't, I've not used the relief products, uh, but for those of you that live in Nashville, uh, John has his relief booth, his little storefront thing uh, there on 12th Avenue South. And you can find him in front of the uh, tap room, in fact, on 12th South, which is, I mentioned in the in this episode, the food there is really good. So if you are visiting Nashville or you live in Nashville, I'm sure you know about the tap room. Uh, so yeah, we talked about all sorts of things. It was a very interesting and fun conversation, uh, a couple of shockers here and there, and uh, I really appreciate that they took the time to, to talk with me. Um, usual stuff, you can find Hey Human on Instagram and on Facebook under Hey Human Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under Susan Ruthism. Of course, I also have SusanRuth.com. Check that out. I have music on iTunes. Um, you can email me, Susan, at HeyHumanPodcast.com. If you shop Amazon, if you do so through HeyHumanPodcast.com's main website, there on the front page is the Amazon affiliate portal. Click on that, shop Amazon as you normally would, and it helps support Hey Human. Uh, take a minute. If you listen to the show, which obviously if you're listening to this, you're at least listening to this episode, take a second, go to iTunes and rate and review Hey Human. It, it's super helpful. I, I would love to see more reviews get on there. Um, you know, help help to get that propagated up through the iTunes ranks. Um, the little engine that could. So please uh, continue to, to say what you think about the show on there. I really appreciate everyone that has posted their reviews. There's some really great ones, and, uh, and I'm thankful for that. Um, what else? Oh, links page on the HeyHumanPodcast.com website. Uh, this, especially this episode, a lot of really good links, um, research, and just informative where to go uh, for products and things like that. So I try and keep those that link page real fat with information. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the tip of my tongue that might 
be of interest, but I don't I don't think I got anything, so let's just get to it, okay? Um, thanks for listening, as always, and uh, here we go. John and Harold, welcome to Hey Human Podcast. Hello. Howdy. Thank you for being here. Yes. Yeah, so I met you, John, uh, just a couple weeks ago uh, at your booth. Yes. Uh, talk a little bit about that, and then we'll jump to Harold, because you introduced me to Harold. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just known Harold for a short little bit of time, but in that short little bit of time, he's been a great person, really kind of introducing me to the whole realm of CBD um, and the Nashville Relief. We ended up uh, trying to start in a store. We were going to do a, a host of different ideas that were being lobbed at me, and I ended up um finding 12 south with will um at the tap room mm -hmm. and it's been a blessing ever since then and he's been kind of a mentor to me in a way that um he will or he harold harold i'm sorry, sorry. No, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> he's been good i mean you know he's a very very busy guy but at the same point he believed in me mm -hmm. and i've always had a dream of kind of getting out of corporate america a little bit and having the passion that i have with this um I ended up in this uh, little little business of mine, and it's just been it's been a lot of fun. It's been very uh, challenging at times. I think it's been <laughs> it's been very much a a, a, um, uh, a point of contention for a lot of people, including myself. But uh, for right now, it's been going well. And yeah, I ended up with our friend Kristen. She and I um, we we've kind of got twelve south. Uh, Lockdown. Lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen being our, our friend who, who we met through, who mm -hmm. is a jewelry maker. She's awesome. Or I would say jewelry repurposer. Yes. Really, technically. And Harold, how do you fit into this picture? Well, um, several years ago, a bunch of years ago, uh, when medical marijuana started being legalized in the United States, I've always had a infatuation with cannabis. So I started planting seeds to be able to make the transition to someday becoming a cannabis professional and was actually starting to work with people in Washington State when they passed in 2012 the rec thing. So I was working with a company out there called Columbia River Cannabis. And at the, about the time I was getting ready to move out there because I was going back and forth and I was in the film business which enabled me to kind of make my own schedule mm -hmm. plus I could justify going someplace to do a music video, I'd, I'd go do it where I could then, my spare time, go talk to professionals. And then in uh, 2014, they legalized uh, hemp here in Tennessee. Non-THC style, right? It well, it's there's a speed limit of 0.3% THC, and it was all because of the farm bill. And so uh, I naively thought that it would be as easy as cannabis because I had experience growing high THC cannabis. But uh, it turned out there was a bunch of different things that we had to do. Tennessee, it turned out, wasn't nearly as friendly towards hemp as, as a place just to grow as I thought. And I never really had any problems with bureaucracy or the state. Most of the problems that I've dealt with have been farm problems. Hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's a tricky crop. And basically, when you're talking about growing it for what we call medical hemp, we're growing it uh, uh, varieties that have high CBD in it. Because also, which happened about four years ago, all of a sudden, 
at that point, almost all medical cannabis was geared towards THC. And there's some people like Jim Ringo and a few other people, plus, of all places, Israel, that started doing research into CBD. And it started taking off. And then, because it was so novel and there was really nobody producing it, the prices what you could make for a gram of CBD was three times what you could get for a gram of THC. So it was that making it, so I just thought, oh, okay. And the, the Tennessee Department of Agriculture, when I went in and said, look, I'm going to do this for extract, they said, well, as long as you don't go over 0.3, we don't care what you do. Interesting. Which is totally opposite what in Washington State, which you know, is with the rec med is really tightly controlled. Everything is surveilled. I mean, by the time a plant gets eight inches tall in Washington, it has to have its own barcode. And so here was just as long as I paid my fee and did my little inspections and did a couple little things. I mean, there's compliance. I mean, I'm registered with the DEA, but it was practically, you know, one fourth of the compliance, a fifth of the compliance. And so we got into it and was naive about. Uh, that Tennessee had no infrastructure. All the things like labs and processors and the places where you could go buy or lease equipment, it didn't exist here. Because it's specific to that plant, the no, no, equipment? Well, there was no market. Oh. There was no commercial reasons for people to have trimmers or, or wheel planters or any of the equipment because there was no industry. And I kind of was very naive. So it turned out I was like the fifth license ever issued. In that, Tennessee? Yeah. In two, yeah. And I started in 2015. It was being a pioneer. And that's not nearly as cool as it sounds. Mm. And we had, to, by trial and error, had to learn all this. And it's taken a while, but, it, you know, a couple of years in. Plus, there was no market. Like in, in in all most of the you know either rec or med station there's dispensaries. Mm. There's this mechanism where you if you got a product you where you can sell it, which is kind of where John comes in, mm. because we realized early on because there wasn't people doing wholesale or distributors that we were going to have to kind of, if we wanted to have a place to you know for people to buy our stuff mm -hmm. we had to become incubators. And so that's what we did. Explain was, what that means. All right. Well, there was a lot of people had interest in it, but like like with him, there's no school. There's no place that you can do. You have to go hound people to where you can find somebody that's honest enough. It will give you time to sit down. Look, I want to do this. Can you help me? And so there was, and mostly more women too. It was, uh, which I'm going to tell you something, which is, the cannabis industry will be dominated by women in five years. Why do you think that is? There's no glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing is here was the uh, someone I'd say, I would sit down, I'd listen to them, and then I would, you know, if even if I had just front them material to get, help them get their start. And so some of these people started taking off. And at the same time, Things like Sanjay Gupta, which was on CNN, started doing these specials on, 
you know, especially the young lady, uh, Charlotte, who was actually from Tennessee, who had to move to Colorado to be able to find her meds. And so all of a sudden you had people that were starting to hear about it. And then the other thing that happened during this period of time, which is my wife's a cancer survivor. And there's, it's, uh, she puts it, it's a club that anybody can join, but nobody wants to. Mm-hmm. But once you're in that club, because uh, they share ideas, what works, what doesn't. And um, because for a lot of people, chemo or radiation is just... Brutal. It is. So when people started finding out that this stuff actually worked, it started spreading by, by basically from person to person. And so this has all happened like in the last couple of years. My first year, I could not find anybody to buy. I ended up trading my whole crop for free-range beef and <laughs> uh, eggs. Seriously. Uh, it was not until December of 2016 where we found a lady up in Jolton, uh, Jolton Hardware Feed, and she said, because she knew about what was going through and she knew people that were going she said I'll give you shelf space she was the first person and we got in there and and you know put out the little feelers and we took a couple cases and it sold out in three days heck yeah it did and so then it was uh, so then we just started doing things and then at the same time and I hope I'm not dominating this no, conversation no, no, you're fine. at the same time uh, the law started changing because at that point we were limited on what products we could make or how we can make them because of the state law. Well, like last year, yeah, God, it seems like years. Uh, last year, that this bill called HB 1164, which enabled us to go in and process in different ways, so we can make higher CBD products and we could do different things. And then finally, we were kind of covered because although hemp was legal to grow, it was a big gray area what you could do with it after you grew it. As a farmer, explain to the listeners who may not know, um, when they think of a cannabis plant, and you're calling it hemp because that's the... That's the type of cannabis it is. And, and what makes it different? Why is it different than... Because oh, I know that hemp can be harvested <laughs> for clothing and rope and paper and all sorts of product besides the medicinal stuff that is going on, but... It's the same plant, and my analogy is it's like dogs. You can have a Doberman or you can have a Chihuahua, but it's the same doggone thing. Yeah. Um, And uh, it's been a real weird thing between the hemp industry and the medical recreational marijuana industry. Each... Each of those two camps loves throwing the under, other one under the bus because that was a whole thing about what was hemp. And it was, I don't want to say it was disingenuous, but their whole way to get the hemp passed, the law passed in Tennessee was, it was nothing like medical marijuana. It's, you know, in fact, they would go up there and you said, you can tell the difference. No, you can't. It looks, smells the exact same plant. The only thing that differentiates hemp from high THC cannabis is a drug test. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
so there was that ambiguity on there and and so to this day people think that hemp and cannabis are two different things they're not right which is kind of crazy the way only in the united states would you have this this oh god delineation well it's kabuki theater because everybody knows it's the same plant yeah. But we're all going to try to pretend like, oh, it's this is safe and this is good mm-hmm. and this other plant's evil. Mm-hmm. And Did you have any pushback from the neighbors, say, on your acreages? That it, oh, it, no. Was everybody super oh, stoked? Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> the thing about it is we are in a farm state. Yeah. And farmers don't, I mean, let's face it. How, I mean, a crop is a crop. Well, if you can grow tobacco and have no qualms about growing tobacco, <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. then it's, you know, if we're right. really going down that moral thing about sure. I'm not going to do. That raises a really interesting point, I think, for, for both of you is, is that uh, here we have legislation that says that this plant is a no-no and yet the opioid crisis is through the roof mm-hmm. and alcohol causes far more deaths, obviously. I mean, people get stoned and they, you know, they sit and watch TV. They don't get in their car and drive anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it Very feeds few into people, the obesity. master criminals <laughs> were potheads. <laughs> Very few, yes, exactly. And, you know, or, or cigarettes for, you know, the cancer rates of cigarettes. So, yeah, it's a really interesting... And, I'm, you know, you just point your finger at a lobbyist and there it is, you know. I know why... The original reason why hemp was no no because the timber industry went, uh, wait, what? It's better than our trees? Screw that. And mm-hmm. poured all their money into making hemp become a bad plant. Uh, I don't know if the listeners know that, but I'll put links all about that on my on my links page. The yeah. sinister DuPont. <laughs> well, I mean, you can always follow the money. It's always follow the money. Yeah. If you want to know why something is or isn't, just follow the money. Why is bacon bad? Well, I don't know who paid for the who paid for the study that decided yeah. bacon. You know what I mean? It's that kind well, of thing. Well, it, it really wasn't that. I mean, down on cannabis per se until Dick Nixon went mm. in. It could he's the one that started to con- control substance. A paragon act. of goodness, that yeah. guy. <laughs> And basically, he, he, he had his attorney general crank down on it and, be, in essence, create the Controlled Substance Act because there were hippies in the street that mm-hmm. wanted him out of office, mm-hmm. and it seems they all smoked marijuana. Mm-hmm. And so it, that, that, that's when it really made its transition because then, you know, it became Schedule One with and there was no med value and and they could do all sorts of weird things to crack down on it. Do you think that uh, it's going to eventually be allowed in all the different states or do you think there'll still be pushback from pharmaceutical lobbying and all that? Uh, Pharmaceutical, that's already out the, that horse is out of the barn. Yeah. <laughs> pharmaceutical. Uh, this is one of the big paranoia that the people in the cannabis have is that pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies are going to take this over. Yeah. No. That's all the. I've read so <laughs> no. many articles about that. So. Well, what, how do are you, you paranoid about that, John? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I do, <laughs> but you know, something maybe he, you know, Harold may not agree with, and I kind of feel like there is something that we need to do is is to regulate with the FDA. I don't know how. I don't uh, think I've ever really. No, not the that. FDA. No. Oh my God! The FDA is 
one of the worst organizations the government ever made. Let's put it this way. If the FDA is the same thing that green lights drugs, then right. it's 3 o'clock in the morning. You say, if you or any of your relatives have died or suffered from this, contact this lawyer. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is the FDA... It is always at 3 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's that? Like, you, know, it's you know, but that's the thing about it. And also, do the, you want kids to? The worst <laughs> thing could ever happen to our industry would be the FDA. But okay, so what do you say when the, the, the lady who maybe comes to my tables, I say, okay, well, I need the exact dosage. So you're starting to hear a lot of people who are complaining, well, I don't know when I go out west to maybe try some cannabis. I still don't know the exact dosage or when they go to Denver. Where, you know, it's just, there is this misconception too. I know, but, where, it's, but it's not based on reality. Yeah. but so I mean, is it, are we any, any sure of a pharmaceutical company? I mean, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is if we have a huge batch of pharmaceuticals right now that, I mean, let's face it, if you watch a commercial in mm -hmm. the first 40 seconds of the commercials telling you all the wondrous <laughs> things that you have to have that drug, and then the last 20 seconds is telling mm -hmm. you suicide or death the or whatever. Right, all the before. bad stuff. So yeah. what is it that, what are we trading for? Right. It's an illusion. Right. Oh, like, can you imagine the FDA trials for marijuana? There would be lines out the door. <laughs> well, the thing about it is... I'll do it! <laughs> the FDA also it oversees our food supply. Right. How many times do we have people getting salmonella? Sure. So the, the thing yeah. about it is... is Look at the Roundup situation. Yeah. As, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying is, in the FDA, and it can't. This is the thing. This is the one thing I think is a realization um, is the black market for cannabis still overshadows the legal med and rec market. Mm -hmm. So how is the pharmaceutical company going to come in and control something that's basically controlled by grassroots people already? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about it is now if we had people dropping dead all over the place right. because of illicit marijuana, I say, John, we got to do something. <laughs> we do. My God, there's people trying to get getting sick. We've got to do something. Right. But right now, it's a, <clears throat> a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. And, oh, that's a good way to put it. But you guys know how it is when you go out west and you have the bud, they call them the bud tenders for those who may not know, like your, your little four, yeah. 16, well not 16, hopefully, uh, 18 year old bud tenders that are trying to differentiate, you know, indica versus sativa and they're trying to talk to you about, okay, well this is going to allow you to see more pain relief or this is going to allow you to do more of a, an anxiety reducing. And ourselves, we, we, I just went out to Vegas and, and was out there and I was having a guy try to explain to my wife about, okay, she was seeking something a little bit more calming. He ended up hooking us up with something like uh, sativa and the sativa just, you know, that was absolutely not what she needed. And so... That but was is, a bad. Per that was just a bad. Is uh, that because? Right, uh, so that's my 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 fight for, and I don't. I shouldn't say FDA. But all right, but how do you like, do that in something that is <clears throat> all right? Because you and I both know this. Right. There are certain cannabises that certain people come in. Oh, it gave them a great time. It was wonderful. I went to the concert. I just enjoyed the heck. That same cannabis mm -hmm. give to another person. It was hell. Yeah, freak out. I got paranoid. I just sit there in front on my couch. Yeah. Covers kept, over my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying is, it, this is one of those things where, 
and a, and I guess I'm part I am part libertarian. But the part of this has to do though with how educated the consumer is. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I mean, this will beat up on the medical profession. If most doctors did not have a physician's desk reference or a pharmaceutical salesman coming in there and telling them what to prescribe this for, they don't know anything about drugs. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, I mean. That's two, a really good point too. Yeah. yeah. It is. So the whole thing about it is, is, and I'll say it again, do we really have that many problems? Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. When I, there's a there's a store in Bellevue by my parents' house, and my parents now are you know partaking. It doesn't seem to work on my dad at all. Like it'll work the first time. You know he has insomnia, he has um, scoliosis, so he's got some pain and this sort of thing. And uh, I bought him drops while mm-hmm. I was there, and uh, and he took them the first night. It was great, um, and after that it just didn't work. And it, you know, but my mother, she's a little stoner. You know, she loves it. And yeah. She's oh, she's she's putting well, on her body. Absolutely. She's eating yeah. it. She's I'm like, you are the same woman that ground me in the tenth grade, right? <laughs> for, <laughs> for that little bag of dope that you found. Yeah, <laughs> it's parental. Do what I say. Not, not what I do. Thank you. Not what I do be. Do what I say. Yeah. Not what I do be. Oh, I'm marketing there you go, that. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> but I, I think also ding, ding. the one thing that does kind of bother me a little bit with the whole CBD craze is is that when we first started selling this, we had four or five different conditions that most people bought it for. Now, there's people taking this for things I never even heard of. And I have no idea if it's efficient, if it works or not. How much right. is placebo right. and how much is... Because sure. America has this this love affair that if it's electroshock therapy or hormones or antibiotics it's got to work for everything <laughs> right and so my I guess a long-winded way of saying it it's not going to work for everybody it's not there's not a one-size-fits all on any medication or or any diet yeah but i mean yeah. the, uh mental illness medication of course is a great people trying to figure out the right chemistry for people that have suffer from depression or whatnot there's what a half a dozen if not more pills and yeah and also the different cocktails you can do and they could be on it for months until the doctor if they ever figure out what's what i have a lot of friends on that kind of stuff and it's 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 a nightmare it is the one cool thing though about cannabis products it versus a lot of other medications is that it truly is non-toxic that is, you know, people ask me, well, you know, should I take this or whatever? And I say, well, look, the down, the downside is it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work. It's, it's not that, oh, my gosh, you're going to have the weird side effects of and, and you know, wake up at, you know, one o'clock in the morning with a bag of Oreos in your lap and you don't know. <laughs> How, no, that's Ambien that does but that. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's a, that's a drug that you know that you know that's got a you know that. And the reason I use that drug is because how many people take Ambien for sleep? And here's CBD that you can help do your sleep. And the worst thing that's going to happen is it didn't work. It's like I said, it's not going to be some weird side effect. Yeah. So in that respect, I'm I'm all pro cannabis, but I'm not a cannabis cheerleader, even though I farm it. Why is that? Because I just think that it's all right. 
is it any more important than you eating right? Hmm. And, and it all goes together. I don't. I just can't get out there and say this is the greatest plant or this is going to change the world or things like that because, for one thing, it's been around for eight thousand years, and. It seems like if it was really going to change the world, it would have probably already done it. Now I know why Jesus is so happy and loving. <laughs> yeah. He's on the sativa. Right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's really important. I know for a fact in my own life, I'm in my 60s now, that uh, cannabinoids probably give me more mental flexibility. Um, I seem to recover from a hard day out farming quicker. Um, Oh God! And the weirdest thing, I think it's done for me. It really is that mental flexibility. Uh, I think there is something to endocannabinoid deficiency, which is a fancy way of saying people don't realize their body produces cannabinoids, mm -hmm. and like hormones or any growth hormone or testosterone, as you get older, the amount that your body produces. So there very well might be that when we get older, we lose our sense of taste. Jams don't seem to, like music doesn't seem to be. And then if in, in situations that change continually, it's frustrating. They cannot deal with change or new things. But one of the things that they're starting to do research on with cannabinoids, which they're still trying to figure that out, might be the same reason it helps for epilepsy, and for Alzheimer's and whatever, is it because it helps the brain kind of, it's like a defibrillator for brain waves, mm -hmm. that it kind of regulates them. Yeah, I had a cannabis scientist on the show, mm -hmm. um, and Amy, and it was fantastic, and she talked about all of this. So I encourage people to go back and listen to that episode. Episode 102. Episode 102, all right. And and she talks about all of that stuff. So, and, and it's fascinating, absolutely. Oh. and. I mean, after a really, really hard workout, I, I have insomnia sometimes, so I do the drops, or I have the little chewies that I do that are um, inica, mm -hmm. and it's great. Yeah. It's, it's helped me so much, because a week of insomnia is the worst. Mm -hmm. And then I'm dangerous behind a wheel, you know? <laughs> or even functioning in my daily life, it's, it's just doesn't in, in go well, the, yeah, <laughs> so it yeah. really helps. It does. It does. It helps with my mental illness. And yeah, so I want to talk about that because we we emailed the, you know back and forth, and right. so tell start let's go back, and I don't know however much you're willing to share, but I sure. thought what you said to me on the email was really uh, interesting, and I and I think important. So if you're willing to talk about it, please. Yeah, and I think Carol, you never knew this. I don't think we ever really honestly had the time. It's just been so crazy, especially with him <clears throat> in this this new. Uh, business that we've all taken off on, um, at least for me. But yeah, I was in probably the seventh grade and I ended up kind of starting to get some some thoughts and some ideas of I need to w wash my hands, continuously wash my hands. I need to be clean. Um, thoughts were coming in where if I didn't wash my hands for a hundred times, I wasn't clean. And they were just turning bloody red. Um, I can remember going to see a multitude of different psychologists and I just Nothing was working. Zoloft to this, to that. Oh, it was just being dispensed to me like candy. And I could not for the life of me figure out why I was doing this. Um, I'm not going to say which family member. There, there was a family member that might have thrown me under the bus saying that, you know, 
uh, even, I don't want to how to put this, but maybe uh, even questioning my sexuality because of the way that I was washing my hands. And it was amazing to me. Well, yeah, it's funny. I mean, gay people in their clean hands. Yes, gay people <laughs> trying to be clean. And, you know, it was anything and everything that I was trying to do to, to, if understand the disease and it wasn't until actually around that time when I was introduced to marijuana that as soon as I took a puff off that joint that was given to me in the parking lot my life changed I mean I was able to function I was able to accept the disease I was able to accept who I was which you know it, it was you know you're in the seventh grade you're trying to figure out what the hell you're going on now that's a little bit younger for most people but being given a host of drugs, so left this, that, the other, and nothing working, not even a couple of beer. It just, that to me was the most refreshing time. And one of the most refreshing moments I can remember in my younger childhood was, was that of, of that first couple puffs when it was like, ah, okay, I can handle this. There's some stuff that, you know. Did it, so you were, were you diagnosed with obsessive compulsive yeah, disorder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's interesting to me to start throwing those kind of <clears throat> drugs at a brain that's still developing as well. Sure. And same with marijuana, of course. Yeah. I mean, that we're talking about what the brain keeps growing and developing until about 21 years old. Yeah. 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 And you're right. I mean, I was kind of playing with fate in a sense, but I felt like at that point with what was being lobbed at me, there was no mm. end in sight. I mean, I just felt like it was going to be just this host of, of just you know 100 milligrams off or whatever it is now i forgot what the dosage well was. i think about how stressful childhood <clears throat> is i mm -hmm. mean my god when i was in high school i smoked so much pot because mm -hmm. i was under so much stress for yeah. all sorts of reasons and it really helped it did yeah you know it does you know and, and to to kind of caveat off that it's like who who knows what marijuana does to the brain during that development. I mean, has Harold, do you know if there's been any kind of studies for early childhood development with the use of marijuana? And then what's your- Objective? Objective, <laughs> yes, yes, give me an objective. The thing about it is a lot of people don't realize that uh, national, is it NIDH? It's, basically it's the government about mental health. Mm -hmm. It's the same people uh, because they oversee there for the longest. They were the only ones that were overseeing any studies. And of course, they were totally dependent upon the government to get their money. So a lot of the earlier studies that were really negative about cannabis, there was really no objectivity. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want to you know, inherently say that young people shouldn't do things just because of war society. But as far as really hard proof, mm -hmm that if you you start taking cannabis at an early age that it has a you know really um, detrimental effect that's not in yeah. it's not because the thing about it, yes can you find incidental cases where people who were potheads real young who never made anything out of their life but we don't know if those people would have made anything out of their life if they would have never seen a marijuana cigarette in their life. Right. Yeah. And then you have people like Carl Sagan. Mm -hmm. Did he get stoned? Oh, gosh. Yeah. He seems like a stoner. <laughs> he was. I mean, you know. Being in, Our valedictorian was a total stoner. I know. The guy was and that, a total that was genius. The thing was he really? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
It was the only thing he could do to quiet his mind. Otherwise, he probably would have been building rocket ships on top of no. the school. <laughs> Seriously. I would have loved to hang out with that guy. <laughs> because, I, I, I mean, once again, objectively, you know, I, is are cheeseburgers any different in cannabis? Right. I mean, you can abuse cheeseburgers. Look at the obesity epidemic. Right. So yeah. the thing about it is, are 90% of the population okay. going to have a problem with cannabis? No. Right. Is there a chance that 10% of the population might have a problem with cannabis? Yes. Right. But 10% of the population is also more susceptible about, in that same thing, to gambling, to mm -hmm. sexual addiction, mm -hmm. and whatever. I mean, that's the thing about we, we don't... We, I love Western medicine because we always try to find the silver bullet. <laughs> that one thing that will cure everything or the one thing that is the root of all problems. Right. And it's extremely hard to say who or what is going to have a hard time with the substance. But we do know that human beings like things that, you know, have their endorphins flow and their serotonin flow. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether it's eating a cheeseburger or putting down $2,000 on the Rams game. <laughs> You know, it's getting that juice. Yeah, right. two years in high school that I was still out of my mind. I also had a three-card Monty game going. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, totally, absolutely. Yeah. So where you, from where you were standing in that parking lot, yeah. you know, and suddenly you had this relief from the OCD. Right. Where, where did you take it from there? I mean, I took it to the point where it, I, I don't want to use addiction as a, as a word for it, but I did let, like you had stated, I did let it kind of overtake somewhat of my life because it was the only relief that I was seeing. And I wasn't looking inside of myself to actually find the relief as I matured. But now as I did, you know, later on in life, understand that, hey, you know, I can still consume cannabis on a re recreational and for, I, what I feel like is almost like a medicinal purpose for myself, but in a, a much more um, tamed same time because I mean I was I was smoking pretty much from sun up to sundown you know just to relieve anything I could do and basically I just wasn't happy with myself and you know I, I'm sure there's listeners out there right now that are suffering from mental illness and you know I'm not I'm not condoning marijuana use for that uh, any type of illness that one's suffering from but I feel like um, it's it's not a drug that it, like you said, is the devil. I mean, it, it can help. It can relieve and alleviate a lot of issues. And, you know, I mean, having a, a significant person in your life, you know, question your sexuality, call you certain names, and, and you're in what, it's eighth grade, seventh grade, you know, I mean, that is, that is, it, you know, it really hurts. And so I think I was masking. But at the same point, there was a lot of relief. And it wasn't until later I started to learn that, hey, if I just kind of meditated on myself and just kind of learned what this disease can do and, and how to uh, kind of not let it overrun your life, um, that's where I really started to see relief. So, Are you still dealing with those issues? You know what? I am, yeah. Yeah, that's something where, you know, I'm, I'm okay with telling people that, yeah. Um, you know, I my significant other, you know, she wants me to be, you know, some, you know, on it but i kind of refuse to right now just because you know what do you mean it, on it on, on on like maybe a, a small dose of like an ssri okay yeah yeah because there's still things where it's not affecting our relationship but you can see things where maybe if um i'm having to 
do some business uh, relations or, or, or having to do some work around the house, um, you know, my tidiness is still there. My, my need to feel clean and my need to kind of, um, I don't know. You know what's really funny is, is and this is a little, I'll caveat and then we'll get back to CBD, but with, with the, 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 the mental health is that when I really learned that I was numbing my mind with the marijuana, I learned at that point, let's say that I'm cleaning a counter and I'm sitting there and I'm so intensely cleaning this counter that everything else is numb. Like my mind is completely numb to the world. All it's focusing on is that one tiny, tiny, tiny little thing, clean the counter. And it was, it wasn't until then when I was like, ah, okay, you know, uh, you know, this is where- It's I, a placation mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Curious. Yeah. John, um, when you do just strictly high CBD, low THC, how does that affect you differently when you do high THC? Um, yeah, I'm so glad that you were gonna. Yeah, I'm. I, I, yeah, I love the low THC. I think when I was smoking, I was probably only getting about five percent THC with a high CBD concentrate. I would assume from just kind of doing the research as to what was available to me during oh, those times. No, during those times you were getting strictly almost all THC. That's what I was gonna say. Really? Oh, in the nineties? My go oh gosh, especially in the nineties, people don't realize that when marijuana see and this is one of the things that's so weird about this you cannot talk objectively about high thc cannabis or high cbd cannabis without all the social and criminal ramifications so one of the things that happened because when the dea cracked down on cannabis one of the things that happened is one thing people stopped growing outside and then the price went up and so the demand to make a product that was the highest THC that you could because that was more lucrative. And so people stopped when all of a sudden then, you know, like when I grew up and started smoking pot, which was the 70s, <laughs> really most of the marijuana you got at that time was 5 to 6% THC with a skosh of CBD. But that changed once that, you know, people, especially... Thanks, War on Drugs. Yeah. So <laughs> they started, the guys who were doing this started breeding this stuff as high THC. And the first thing that went was the CBD. Mm -hmm. So by the time you got into the mid-80s, which is when seedless and, and, all, and people were starting to bring in Afghani and, and Indica, all of a sudden street marijuana that she was like eight nine percent maybe Colombian ten percent all of a sudden you get something 14 15 percent and then conversely you could charge more money for it and people were getting stoned <laughs> and and Stood. this whole process of making higher THC lower CBD would was prevalent up until about four or five years ago I mean when I told the guys out in Washington that I was going to stay in Tennessee and grow CBD, they told me I was nuts. Mm. No one was ever gonna want this, no one's ever gonna wanna buy it, we don't get it. Yeah. And really? 
Well, because there was no market for it, and but every it's so great. It's great for arthritis but, and your pets and but all how, sorts of. Who knew that in 2014? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was just four years ago. It's crazy. Right. It is crazy. I know, but this whole industry, wow. everything we see. That's why when you know I look back, it seems like it was years ago. No, it wasn't. I yeah. mean, so all of a sudden, then people started saying, "Hmm, CBD." And that's when they started then this wonderful gentleman who is no longer with us by the name of Jim, Jim Ringo, who grew medical marijuana in Northern California. And he was kind of one of the first people because he was strictly, I and mean, he was a former cancer patient. So, I mean, a lot of people said they were going for medical marijuana out in California. We were really doing it for rec. But Jim was doing it for med. And he stumbled onto a plant that had a, oh God, not to go too deep into the end, had a reverse <laughs> cannabinoid profile. What does that mean? Well, it means instead of it being high THC, low CBD, the plant flipped it. Mm -hmm. And it was high CBD, low THC. Yeah. But that was before anybody, there was labs and where you could take it. All he noticed is that people who were taking this one particular plant, which was called Sour Tsunami, all of a sudden, they were getting this wonderful resort, resorts, results excuse me, from it. So then they started, well, what was special about that one plant? And then he knew someone who was in a lab, and I think it was at Berkeley. And they went in, and they said, this is different. This has got high CBD, and that kind of started it. And Jim was a prince. He started spreading that clone, that plant, as many places could, and for free. Hmm. And he developed this other one called Harlequin, and then crossed Harlow Sioux. But it was, you know, totally by accident. And once again, since the government had nothing to do, this was a little underground thing where clones got handed off to another person. It said, bum, 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 bum. Like Grateful Dead tapes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that's kind of what started it. And then this is one of those things where um, entrepreneurs, I'll put it nicely, saw this, this void because nobody in rec or medical marijuana was growing high CBD stuff. They just, there was no money in it. They didn't seem to do it. So the first people actually started selling CBD products were guys that were doing it on the internet and they were importing this paste from either Eastern Europe or from China. It was what it was. And under the guise, and this is real obscure, because technically at that point, if something was made off of stalks or branches, it was legal. And what they were saying was the stuff that did come off of tops, it was illegal as hell. But they found this little gray area where they were importing it. And they got it up on the market. Brown's Botanical was one of the first. Bluebird. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were putting these things up. And they were horrible products. <laughs> Just absolutely horrible products. But it was CBD. Mm -hmm. and, then, and they were charging at the time. Two years ago, three years ago, a gram of... CBD in coconut oil or hemp oil was $250, which was 
eight times or six times. So once it got into that, and then people started seeing, that, oh my goodness, there's money in this. And that's when you start having trade organizations and start to pay money to lobbyists, which is basically how the farm bill happened because, you know, they saw there was money in it. Mm -hmm. So is having a farm like yours, does it fall under a, a weird dominion still or is nope. it, it's all, it's all fine? Well, I mean, as long as you don't go. I mean, as long as I get my license, and as long as, and 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 I have to do a shout out. The Tennessee Department of Agriculture has been wonderful, even though in the year 2016 they came in and destroyed one of my crops because it got hot. How do you mean? Well, if hot. it goes over 0.3 percent THC, it's considered no longer hemp and it's considered marijuana, and they destroy oh. it. But they, yeah, I'd love to go to that bonfire, but well, how do they well, destroy it? They, they come just, and cut it down, and yeah, and then yeah. they uh, and then they, they sell it. No, they, <laughs> they, they destroy. No, it doesn't leave the farm. It's oh. stored right there. They just mulch it or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, well, I mean, if, if <laughs> there is a saying in, in my business, if you haven't lost one crop to it going hot or been ripped off by in a business deal, you're not really a hemp farmer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so, so there was. Is it a dangerous thing to be? That's another question. I mean, you know, you see the movies and you think, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It, it would be kind of. I saw Ozarks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I that mean, was, that was heroin, but still, I, I mean, you, know, you want to hear something real dangerous. ironic? Our next door neighbor is a cop. Wonderful. Which we love. Yeah. You know, uh, and. Tennessee, by and large, has been really pro-hemp. I mean, I'm serious. Do you think that this state will pass its uh, marijuana to... to for, from wreck or men? Yeah. Uh, wreck. Wreck uh, is a couple years off. Yeah. Minimum. Med Medical is on the horizon, is it not? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because there's... It's, for one thing, uh, politicians are gutless. And when... Uh, the po recent polling, 68% of evangelical Christians in Tennessee believe that medical marijuana should be legalized. Should be. Yes. God bless. So it doesn't really take too much courage or conviction to come out as if you're a politician to say, you know, I'm, I'm for medical marijuana, you know, because there's no, right. there is no political repercussions anymore. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing is, is they're scared to let all those people out of jail. Yeah, that's uh, part that, of it. Well, I don't I mean, know I, if they're scared scared of that. It's just how do it. they get a cut? Mm, that's not part of it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I was saying about before with the pharmaceuticals. Is I can see the the people thinking, hmm, how do we get in on this action? You know, if Joe Blow is is with his farm and you know John Blow with his store, you know, what? Depends how do how we get a part of that? Well. Besides raiding the store and taking the money. Yes. I, Operation which happens. Crush. I can tell you how politicians have have cleaned up on this in other states. Is that now, our right, perfect example is Washington State, because I know it well. You can't grow hemp for CBD in Washington State. It's illegal. You can grow hemp for fiber. You can grow for seed. And the reason why is because now the medical recreational market is big enough 
they can afford high-priced lobbyists with nice suits and nice haircuts to go up and do things because now you can now get money from the med med medical marijuana. There are people, oh my goodness, you do not know how much money has already been given to politicians in Tennessee. A lot. To keep it going, you mean? No, as lobbyists trying to get the laws the way they want it. Mm -hmm. I mean, two years ago, or no, God, it's been four. The laws to say no CBD, you mean? Well, no, just the whole just cannabis industry in general. Yeah. Four years ago, I used to be in the film business, and one of my last was a, a movie being done on the educational system. So we were down at the state capitol. And if you're a lobbyist and you're inside where the their legislative affairs go, you have to identify that you're a lobbyist. You have to say who you are and who you're working for. And it was the first time I ever saw people, high-priced lobbyists, walking around Nashville, I mean the state capitol, lobbying people. Now that guy cost them probably three grand a day. Because, you know, I mean... He, the people have enough money that they trust, like they don't have have that much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's and that was it. Wasn't the people up there lobbying for medical marijuana? Wasn't a guy in a tie dye sheet T-shirt yeah. and Birkenstocks? Yeah. It was a person in a very nice suit, yeah. which tells you, because that's the big dynamic that has changed. Now we're talking about billion dollar industry. Mm. All right, this I mean. There are probably, in the last few years, just in Tennessee, for people trying to do what I'm doing, millions of dollars have been spent. Hmm. People don't realize that. Millions of dollars have been spent in Tennessee pursuing medical hemp or CBD. How many acres is your farm? My, we're only 12 acres. And we grow on a three-acre footprint. Oh, wow. It's but in in a medical recreational world, that's a lot. Our dirt here isn't great. How is that for growing? Is it do well, you have to fortify it or something? Or it all depends on how good of a farmer you are. Yeah. So I mean, you can come in if you want to take enough time, start putting compost in there and probiotics, and you can build your soil. But there's great soil. I mean, that's one thing about it. Tennessee is an agricultural state, which is part of the reason my why my soil sucks at my house. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was great everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why now all of a sudden you're starting to see this seismic shift. So now the question is, and this is where we have dueling money in Tennessee, because you have a big vested group that has put a lot of money in. I mean, we're talking about just on lobbying hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the bill they want. Because in some states... It's wide open to where you can come in, you can pay a fee, and it's not that hard to get into it. In other states, you have to buy your way in. Let's, like Maryland, it's a perfect example. To get into the medical marijuana there, you have to probably spend anywhere from three to four hundred thousand dollars to get your license, and do your compliancy. Wow. Now. Holy moly. The reason they made it that way is because the people who paid for the laws there wanted to keep the riffraff out. Mm. And so it de all depends. This but, ain't no Mary Jane land. It's <laughs> Maryland. Yeah. Well, but the, the thing about it is. I have so, no idea if that's a Maryland accent. <laughs> you're asking. One of the things it's the, it's been. Last year, everybody thought medical marijuana was going to go here. But yeah. the little competing little groups 
couldn't agree on what it was and basically they let it be known that if they couldn't get the bill they want then there would be living hell in court and this is what's happened in Arkansas Arkansas hadn't legalized medical marijuana over a year ago still do not have one farm or dispensary up yeah well really yes yeah. because the rich people, and that's who they were, have all decided the couple people that did not get a license spent a huge amount of money to go in there and sue the state to get a license. So that's what's going on in Tennessee right now. You have a group of, most of them Republican, a lot of them conservative, who now decide they want to get into this business, but they ain't going to let it be a business unless they get a piece. Mm-hmm. So, when did you so, decide to start your business? Ah, uh, gosh, about four months ago. Really? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> why, you, you, why are you laughing? <laughs> well, you know what was really funny was Operation Candy Crush up in Murfreesboro. What's that? that? Uh, what was it? Twenty-two stores in Rutherford County got shut down by a wonderful sheriff there who, in the district attorney, the district of, uh, attorney Rutherford County. Yeah, to, uh, went in, raided um, a lot of stores. Uh, a CBD stores? Yes. Yeah, CBD store. Well, more is some head shops. Actually, some gas stations too. Head shops, vape shops. Um, and then Under what cause? They believed that the CBD itself was considered a marijuana product. All right. I believe that there was a lot of just to be brief. I, I believe it was a lot of parents in a lot of schools because those gummy bears that they were selling. Um, it was just too much of a teetering on. This is looks like this is for children. And it's supposed to be given to children. I think that that's where you had that. But mm -hmm. you were going to say, Harold. Well, there was also a touch of racism. Almost all the people who were of yeah. mid Middle Eastern descent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I my farm, my operation was down in Rutherford County at that same time, mm -hmm. and we didn't have anybody talk to us. Yeah. They went after the low hanging fruit, mm -hmm. and. And, and it's a time-honored tradition. You go out and you... you, you <laughs> it is. I mean, you want to get some easy, you know, little notoriety in the newspaper. Right. You go out and raid some people under the guise that were... It's about the children. Yeah. Well, they totally misjudged it. I mean... Um, well, even to bounce off that, he, uh, that sheriff, who is now in office, actually, was... Uh, remember, it was Sheriff, sheriff Arnold that got caught with the scheme in the Rutherford County Jail. And then long story short, he, uh, the, the current one now was in a running and I think it was gonna be great publicity for him that he got the these shops. He got 22 that were selling marijuana and were no more than, you know, this was for the kids and here they go. They have, yeah. God and bless they, politics. And, and then it blew up. It did. It, it so blew happened, up how? Well, timing is everything. It so happens that five days before they did this raid, Channel 5 here. Is it Channel 5? I can't remember which one because he's called me up a couple times to talk. and I've been Channel 5, yeah. 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 That's who, they yeah. did a week-long thing about the benefits of CBD mm -hmm. right before they did this. <laughs> yeah. So here they go and they... And and the, they had the cop of Smyrna, who, I'm sorry, the chief of police, who looked like if you went down to casting call and said, get me a stereotypical southern sheriff, you know, kind of overweight <laughs> and slow. and Boss low hog. Yeah. Yep. And I wanted to say that. I didn't know if that yeah. would be mature. But, and that's what happened. Yeah. And so here they are doing the actual press conference from their raid. 
and getting pushback from the press real time. Yeah. Whoa. In fact, one of them said, you do know that down the street at Walmart, they're selling this, right? Yeah. During the press conference. Oh, Tails right. immediately between the legs. They were they, just And then the pushback the happened. Yeah. On the day they were supposed to be arraigned, I don't want to exaggerate, I think three or 400 people showed up. Mm-hmm. In, the, in, in protest. Protested, yes. yeah. And it was unorganized. Yeah. yeah. They just showed up. In support of those who had been arrested. Of, yeah. Yes, or yeah. support of, I don't know, so much of them, well, but, of, but of the, the thing. Yeah. So then everybody went, the judge who was getting ready to do it said, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I need a joint. This is too much. <laughs> and so uh, back. he postponed it. And they postponed it a couple of days. And then we have the Solomon-like thing went and looked at the law and sure enough the law did protect any product made off of hemp as long it was under point three yeah and that's and that i took your story away changed everything it did change everything it did you know you're right and that's when we had the first dispensary open up quote unquote dispensary that gave the perception to the customer the idea of this is what it will look like if medical and or recreational became legalized here. Uh, it was actually in Rutherford County as well, where his, his farm is. And um, it was just, yeah, it just took off. And, I mean, lines out the door, people lining up to buy anything and everything that you could think of, whether it was smokable to ingestible to topical. Um, it just took off, and I never, I'll never forget, I was driving back from the beach, and um, I looked in the paper, actually our local paper for that area, and it said dispensary open, and I said, that's it. I said, this is it. This is where, this is the beginning, and, and I, I wanted to, to hop Get on. in on that. Yeah. So how, how was that process for you? Did you have pushback? Yeah, I had, well, yeah, a lot of pushback. Um, actually, a couple times I took him with me because we were looking maybe to possibly where he would do some of the processing uh, in the store. Um, and I would have a storefront, and he would just be there, you know, doing some, some of the, 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 you know, whatever you could think of with chocolates to this, to that, to whatever. And um, Wait, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but just to <coughs> clarify, so do you, you grow it, and then you actually... I have a company called Tennessee Homegrown. We are a seed, to, what they call seed to sell. We grow it, we process it, we bottle it. Okay, that was my question. And, and I'm the retailer. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and, the retailer. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And also... But you are too. Well, guess, yeah, in your own way. but he has kind of done, kind of come on board and become more and more a part of our company. So, which is storefront. Cool. You're the storefront. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, eyes, ears. Know. It's this weird thing right now. Yeah, I don't know what the thing about it. <laughs> what is uh, it? What is it? I can't figure it out. You're a cannabinoid dis merchant. <laughs> <laughs> Merchants. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, that's the thing about it is, for one thing, retail has changed now. I mean, one time retail was brick and mortar. It's no longer that. I mean, and so John is a new, he's an entrepreneur. He's the new, gen, that's one of the reasons why I kind of latched on to him, is because he's the new generation of what cannabis or CBD is. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Yeah. And you have your 12 South store. So t talk about a little bit of the pushback, though, because I well, think yeah, that, that's and interesting. I, I do want to preface that, but, you know, Will uh, and, and that crew over at 12 South have been really cool. So, yeah, Will has no affiliation with my business at 12 South. They've just been really cool about letting us uh, set up out there. The tap room? The tap room has been and great. And they have excellent mashed potatoes. Oh, yes. And some of the best beer on tap. Plug? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm fine with it. But, uh, yeah. Um, pushback. We, yeah, we went to a couple of spots. I can remember calling some realtors. Nope, you're not going to come here. Uh, now there was a reason why. It was a part of the story that he left out. Is that indeed this company down in Murfreesboro, mm -hmm. which has now changed names three times. It is now Middle <laughs> Tennessee Hydroponics. Um, they were doing really well. I mm -hmm. mean doing very and well. And they didn't want the competition. No, right. no, no. So well, they were doing well enough that somebody stole a nice brand new SUV and drove it into the front of their store and did a smash and grab. Oh, no. And it wasn't too much after that that John was going to people to do it and people were going, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A little black guy. I, yeah. know, I mean, yeah. do you want to rent to somebody that, you know, you think that somebody's going to be smashing Driving through your, your walls. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't about the con. It wasn't the. It was bad timing. It was, it was bad timing. timing. Yeah. Okay. And I was hitting up Berry Hill pretty hard um, to, to really try that to. That seems like a perfect money. place. Berry Hill's a great, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it's all the acupuncture, all the, the great therapy. And to this to that. Yeah. The different just, modalities. I mean, right. my gosh, I yeah. love that area for that. Yeah, and then I moved. I was going to do a mobile unit, which is still possibly on the horizon. But that's a decent idea. But like yeah. a food truck. Yeah. CBD truck. Mm -hmm. But for now, it's just idea. been great. I'll delete that so that nobody steals it. That's, that's a right. great idea. Yeah. Oh, it, there's already... That, okay. That's on the ether. I'm putting it back in. But it is. It's <laughs> amazing <laughs> since when John wanted to start his idea of a dispensary, there wasn't a dispensary type place really in Nashville. Mm -hmm. There wasn't. Mm -hmm. People had backed off. Since then... There are six stores that have opened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the zeitgeist, right? It's yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, it's in the ether. Yeah. Yeah. And what is. about veterinary clinics? There's a lot of those around here. I'm sure that they would. Love oh yeah. To buy a product. As far yeah, we have dog, yeah, we sell yeah. dog treats as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, my wife is also on that cause as well for her little thing too, which is just for our pets. And she okay. She loves. It. We encourage you to take our products and make <laughs> as many things out of it. Hey, as I know a lot of dogs that are that are on the pot. I know a lot of dogs that get the CBD. I mean, they should be on CBD, it. not THC. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. right. I was dogs I was being don't funny. do real well. No, 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 no. No, the CBD stuff, not THC. But they do on CBD. Yeah. But it is a craze. I mean, since I've been out there at 12 South, it has been nonstop. It's been amazing. It's been a very great journey. But uh, I, I tell you, I, I literally will have a lot of people come to my table. And it's almost as if I have to, it's like a little lecture. It's like a 20-minute lecture about what is CBD, what's the differences, am I going to fail a drug test, am I going to do this? Ooh, that's a great question. You know, will they fail a drug test if they take CBD? No. Oh, it depends on what product. Like if you take Tennessee Homegrown, which like I said, for every 22 milligrams of CBD, you're getting THC. And then you have a condition like epilepsy or stage four, where you're bombing this stuff down with a straw. Yeah, you'll flunk. Really? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. We Wait, I need to know flunk. that. If you have stage four cancer, I hope you're not going to your regular job, but you are 
going on and just I mean, having fun in your life. I can tell you the story. Hold on, I need to know this. Because you're saying, though, like they would have to consume and ingest quite a they bit. They have to do a whole bunch okay, for an okay, yeah. extended period of time. Yeah, I want the but listeners to know that, too. But we have a lady I mean, who had grand mal seizures. Mm. And uh, she was having like 40 seizures a day. Sheesh. So she started taking her stuff. And then, she, you know, of course, this is the w thing about this world is, you know, she kind of had to adjust it to where it worked for her. When she did, it was she was taking 50, 60 milligrams of our product a day. Mm -hmm. So at the end of four weeks, because it collects in your fat and also in your hair. Why'd you point at me when you said fat? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> he did point. He did. He pointed right I was at like, me. Wow. <laughs> but so this lady flunked it. She flunked her drug test. Oh no. And we were like freaking and so we called her up and it's just like oh my god is this god. the one that was just on the news not to, to interrupt not that i know of there, remember there no 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 that was that's that art that artist uh artist formerly that. known no, this is I'm this is a lady and so we call her up and we we're just you know we're heartbroken this woman lost her job and she said look i got my life back yeah i can always find another job Ding. yeah exactly yeah yeah, and and I will say it feels so good when I when I see repeat customers. Um, though I'm mainly in a location where it is, you know, the majority are tourists. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is just those repeat customers in and out of that area. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, the can fact they fly that with it? That's another good question. Yeah, they can. Now there's a oh, there's there a misnomer. I know this is this is like yeah. Talking it depends on where you're going. Yeah, Ohio right now recently is is actually there's states where if you get caught with our product. They can take you to jail. Wow. So mail it, even though that's. Well, I mean, it's this is the the thing. In its own way, Tennessee is a medical marijuana state. I mean, you can buy flour here. I can sell you flour. You can consume flour. You go into Kentucky, you can. Right, and that's what I meant by that. It's like some it's products so, you can fly with. I, some, I feel like. With yeah. Them. You know, so if you don't want to carry a joint. That's Perfect even. example, something happened three weeks ago in Wyoming. There was a lady who was driving through Colorado to Montana, mm -hmm. and she got pulled over. She had an expired brake tag, Oops. had expired <laughs> license. So they book her. When they went through her purse, they found a full-spectrum CBD tincture, and they arrested her and charged her for that. That happened this year. I just, it's just so crazy. Really? Me. So, but why is it that I do all the reading and then everywhere I see, except Ohio, and, and that is something that the listeners do. You know, because I it's the, once again, the myth that the industry does. It's legal in all 50 states. Yeah. I mean, no, it's not. As a retailer, I'm thinking it's legal no, in all 50 states. Uh, other than Ohio, which did well, recently What's up pass. with Ohio? Is why you all guys right. keep saying oh, Ohio? God. <laughs> All right, when I told you about how high-priced lobbyists were... I mean, were, it says high in the title. Come on now. I <laughs> know, uh, but all right. What they did in Ohio was that the people who... Because Ohio is a medical marijuana state. So the people who... Because in their compliancy cost and for you to be in the business is very expensive. They went and lobbied their government to, th to say that the only place that you can get any cannabinoids, any cannabinoids, is through a medical marijuana dispensary. Mm. So they basically... So you'd be a no-no, because you're I, not. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I do let people know. You'd be surprised how many people... 
uh, northern Alabama. South. Yeah, northern Alabama. They just they just busted a whole bunch of people. So even let's just say I I, I have cancer and mm -hmm. I take medical marijuana. I have a note from my doctor or the pharmacy or whatever. It doesn't matter if I'm in the wrong state at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. All all cannabis laws in the United States are subject to state law. Yeah, so definitely get the apps. There are apps that tell mm -hmm. you that yes. stuff yes. if you're curious out there and listening. Because this is the thing about it is, technically, all cannabinoids are federally illegal. So anytime, and which is the weird gray area, because yeah. we have customers in four different states. We ship interstate. Technically, that's not legal. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. But it's one of these things. I'll, I'll delete that too. <laughs> no, 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 no. We all know it. Yeah. We all know anybody who's. That was one of those things that people talk to me about. Like, you know, or can you go to jail for doing this? Yes, you can. It all depends on the discretion of your attorney general. And the color of your skin. Oh, well, I believe that whole Or who maybe you've given. Donations to and who you haven't. Yeah. FOP. Oh yeah. So I mean, so it's a, order. it's a, which is why this business is so dynamic, and is the other reason why that big business or big pharma hasn't got into it yet. Yeah. Is because it's technically not legal. Right. And the banking. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's cash only because... I had my PayPal account, and this is all lately. You know, we're all trying to figure this out. In the last month, they have shut down all all businesses mm -hmm. like me, the PayPal and Shopify. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But luckily... What about Venmo? <laughs> uh, what? Venmo. Venmo, Venmo app is another cash app. Okay, I don't know. No, we'll show you I that one check. before you leave. Yeah, yeah no. You didn't but get hit with the times. It's uh, all the cool kids are using it. All the kids. Okay. He is. And cool me, kid. I'm not that cool. So it's like I'm a chain, <laughs> blockchain thing. No, no. it's okay. not. It's not crypto. Because yeah. So I mean, that. so this is all the things that like John has to face. Yeah, and I have even seen backlash from that. I mean, all the stores things. that I've been in in Washington. So I'm from Seattle. That's where my family I lives. I like Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, all the stores there have ATM machines in them as well. Mm -hmm. And I imagine they probably, and, and it's cash only. Mm -hmm. A couple that use your debit card, but mostly cash only. And the minute that happens, you know, the minute they pile up a certain amount, I'm guessing they take it mm -hmm. away again because if they get raided, all that money is bye bye. Uh, and that I mean, happens. I, I've I'm read about credit. raids that happen. So what happens to that money? Much money PayPal has a month right now. Oh. I mean, I, I, I you mean they shut it down and you can't even get your money? They seized it. Oh, fuck. How can they prove that that's what it's from? It, it doesn't matter. Wow. I mean, the, it's up to the discretion. So, I mean, so well, I mean. Oh, it's PayPal. Is that Facebook? I think it is Zuckerberg. You know right. that guy gets stoned. <laughs> well, but I've I've been shut down days at a time on Facebook as well. Really? Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You were having. I was in Facebook. I, I was in Facebook jail that. for a few days. Facebook jail. Don't That's no any, fun. Don't have any reason. Don't know why, either. You know, I mean, I feel like you know. I, I think the more and more we, we just continuously kind of normalize it, though, I feel like I haven't had any issues. I'm sitting there, and you know it, I'm right out there in front of 12 South. I mean, just 
foot patrol, the Keystone Coppers walking right by. They will twirl their baton and walk right by. They'll give me a little snarky look and off they go. And I've never had any issues because I'm always on the up and up. I'm, we have the papers there. We have all the, 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 the work that we need to be done to keep this. But first and foremost, though, the biggest thing is even if they come and then they have, they've come to my table, oh, yeah. is I'm, I'm here because I want to help people out. And that's the, the biggest thing is that I, me and Harold have really, I'm kind of going on a little tangent here, but like me and Harold have kept this bond because I'm loyal to the bone and I'm also loyal to people who need help. Because like I said from you, like I see the help. And I think hopefully is, I, I know like Harold said, there's gonna be every hand wants to be in this pot. No pun intended, but every hand wants to be in this pot that I feel like, you know, <sighs> they're going to eventually get hip with it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's basically like any industry, whether it was the dot coms or sure. a whole host of things. Once there's a huge amount of people, I mean, money, then you're going to draw people who, Oh, I can get rich off this. And, and the bad thing about this industry, which is so why it's so ripe for exploitation is because there's so little education. Mm -hmm. But that is starting to change. It seems like every day I'm seeing articles about the benefits. Oh, yeah. You know, and some of those studies that you were referring to before are starting to come out. But, you know, you have to, it takes a decade because they have to keep repeating well, the, the science the over and over again. The thing you know? that's happened, and not to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Is the fact that it works. It does, yeah. And so, uh, perfect I, nothing example. Nothing worked on my insomnia except these drops. I can, what well, the weirdest thing is, and he'll tell you this, he can cooperate this. Um, I have a couple people now that are, don't have businesses, they don't sell, but they'll buy cases. They bought one. Next time they came back, they bought three. And then they set a case, and it was just like, uh, why are you buying this case? You know, just out of curiosity. I said, well, there's Aunt Edna, there's my cousin, there's Bob <laughs> at the auto shop. And, and, that, and, that's, that's what, and that's why it's so, it's so weird that the government or Big Pharma can't control this because this really is one of these things that has come from the bottom up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole industry happened because people said, this works, I don't want this, where can I get it? And and then, like he said, um, if you have people, like we have these people that it has changed their lives, you ain't going to tell them they ain't going to get this product. Right. They're going to, I mean, you can pass all the laws you want. Mm -hmm. if, it, if it gave them their life, a quality of life, they will find it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is kind of cool. All these people worrying about all these, you know, big business stuff going to take over. It's a plant you can grow in your bathroom. Mm -hmm. how, do, how are you going to control, keep that down? You can't. You can contain it, but you ain't going to stop it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And politicians like to lead people where they want to go. They really do. Yep. 
I've been wanting to do this legislation for years, and I finally <laughs> felt that right now is the time to, you know, to get on the, not on bandwagon, get behind this. Mm -hmm. And and that's what's going on. It's just people Bang driven. the bong. I mean the gong. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the whole thing about There's this. There's so many puns we can Oh, my gosh. I'm good. giggly it's today. I apologize. Worse, worse, oh, gosh. <laughs> There's so but, many good puns, right? But, I mean, that's what's fueling all of this. Yeah. It is, and it's why it's going to have legs, too. Did, does the oil have a shelf life as far as its potency? All right. depends on who made it and how they make it. Yeah. Okay. I can plug, I can, pl not all the same. Okay. One of the things that in Tennessee Homegrown, I'll plug it again, is that we spend a heck of a lot of money on research and development for a small company. One of the, we use MCT coconut oil as our carrier. A carrier, for those folks who want to know that, you have your cannabinoid extract, and it's usually dissolved into a carrier. Some people, in the first days, almost everybody used to use hemp oil. And that was their little thing. It's hemp oil, but it wasn't. You know, I mean, it, the actual seed oil doesn't have any cannabinoids in it. The bad thing about it, if you do hemp oil is it, like all hemp oil or olive oils, has a shelf life. So not all products are made. And this is one of these things where I do understand what John was saying about wanting to have some regulation. It probably wouldn't hurt. My problem is I don't know if it should be the FDA. Hmm. But... There's, and this is the other thing that's going to happen, which is, uh, it's awful. Because of this, whatever you want, a gold rush on cannabinoids, there's going to be a lot of bad product mm -hmm. and bad characters who are yeah. going to have product out. Mm -hmm. Because this is the thing about it. Right now, whole retail, about the bottom line, uh, a gram of CBD or hemp, produced cannabinoids is 90 to $100 a gram. Mm. So the per, the pressure to dilute it down is tremendous. And I'm not, don't know if you remember about two or three years ago, a prominent pharmacist in St. Louis who specialized in chemotherapy. You know, the stuff that you pay four or $5,000 a month for. He was watering it down by four times simply because of the greed so that's oh my what, god well but this is what's happened in 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 our business it's so funny um we we have a third-party lab shout out to trace analytical up in spokane which is our third-party lab my friend does work for them really mm -hmm. they're cool they are <laughs> seriously they're a great lab they are she's a contractor so she does work with a lot of different labs uh, yeah that's awesome so yeah. but there's it's a small world. It is, yeah. Crazy. Um, but there's no one that makes us do that. I mean, I. But you're you're really conscious of that. That's a conscientious effort on your part to say, I want to make the best product I possibly can. But you're obviously an ethical farmer. Well, I mean, it's the whole point is, when you got people with stage four cancer, and I don't want to get too heavy, that's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, what are you going to tell somebody who's dying? You're, you're going to give them a, a, an inferior product? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of, if you believe in karma, but if you do, that's some, that, that'll that bring some karma on yeah. your butt real quick. Uh, but what I'm saying is, though, the pressure, because of the profit, is, is immense to cut corners, both in manufacturing 
and in the product itself. Yeah. So how about for you then, your shelf life of a, of a I mean, it depends on what Can it I is, but I like got a tincture or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to say something and, and this is going to sound really flipped. I don't know. Oh, okay. You know why? Our product has never been on the shelf that long. <laughs> That's the uh, truth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. Right now, as soon as we, well, John is a perfect example. I don't know how many times <laughs> I told you, John, I can't give you as much as you want. I'm out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, right now, but uh, our shelf life, if you refrigerate our product, couple years so should it be refrigerated well is it I, none of those i call anything it's or, organic which ours is organic oh. going to keep longer in the refrigerator because yeah. we don't have any preservatives or okay. emulsifiers or nothing in there it's good to know because i i brought from washington two bottles of the tincture for the sleeping. what's the carrier I'll, I'll show it to you upstairs. I don't remember. The, the carrier dictates almost entirely. Mm, but I'll throw it in the fridge. It's yeah, not going to hurt yeah, I mean, to I'd, throw I'd it, in yeah, it in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting time, though. It is an exciting time. And, and I think you're right. It's just to be ethical in the sense, you know, it is some of the most important. But there is important to be that way. Go. Well, I, I just feel like, you know, so much of what I'm doing can and will and does benefit those people. And... The people that come to my booth looking for a quick little head buzz or a little head rush, that's great, you know, fine and dandy, but at the end of the day, there is this medicinal side of it that it just speaks volumes. I mean, the fact that I have one lady who lives out in Green Hills who, before I know it, there's just a multitude of her girlfriends calling me and a multitude more of her girlfriends calling me, hey, my arthritis, my rheumatoid arthritis. It's just, it was such a refreshing thing. Yeah. Instead of, you know. It's nice to help people. Yeah. The ailments that. And, you know, the guy we, coming to my table looking to get high, it's like, all right, you're not going to get high, but you're going to, you know, some people who yeah. have never really experienced. I will say this, you know, if you've never really taken CBD and you take it on a higher dosage. Or you, a good product. Or a good product. You can feel nice little. It, it takes the edge off. But of by no it means am I trying to sell that to someone when I'm at my my store. I like to put CBD will take the edge off your day. It will make you less ang anxious, but it's not going to make you stupid. It doesn't yeah. really mess too much with your short-term memory, whereas high THC, that's one of the joys. Yeah. It can blot out whatever was bu bugging you that day because it kills that short-term memory. Mm -hmm. The thing about CBD, it doesn't do that. And then I was going to kind of follow up on this um we have been blessed and i'm talking about john too with we we do seem to have a really good product and we have a customer base that is just crazy loyal i have never seen it we've had people because they were down in alabama and they can't go to the store who we were sending it through the mail run out realize it drive from alabama to murfreesboro to get there's when on the way there was gas stations, convenience stores all along the way that they could have went in and got another product. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and that's also kind of help. I mean, before well, now we actually are. I'm, we're making more money. We're spending. Thank goodness. Um, but before then, that was kind of the one of the things that kind of kept me going. Is you know things weren't going real well, and you would get a phone call on a Sunday morning. You don't know me, 
but your product, you know, has changed, changed my, my life. life. Yeah. yeah. That's and huge. Like, Damn, now I gotta keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so that's the, the thing is we yeah. feel our way through this. All right. Yeah. There's something there. How much and how big this and where all this is going. We don't know. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I, you know, the politicians who listen or whomever is out there, you know, it is scary to think that any minute this could be pulled out from us as well. Uh, I mean, just the fact, a pen. stroke of pen. I mean, just like what happened up in Ohio. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that that's not going to happen because, I mean, we're rocking and rolling right now, and it's yeah. really helping a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend whose daughter suffers from severe epilepsy. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they started giving her dosages of, of this and uh, and it's completely changed her life. She hasn't had a seizure since she's been on it. And they can she go was, out in public now. Yeah, and she was having yeah. 40, 50, 60 seizures a day and right. now none. And then, you know, how are you as a parent going to listen to some legislation telling you that you can't give your child the one thing that gives That's what I'm them saying a is, real chance at right. having a normal life? Right. The people yeah. aren't going to let it happen. Yeah. They aren't. I'm just saying, it's just like, you know, like giving knowledge. You can't take knowledge back. And people now go, and, and also, part I think feeds into this is that right now there is a suspicion of established government or established medicine. And that, you know, because you know, we used to, if it, the FDA said it was okay, it must be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was, I mean, I grew up with that. You know, you know, you... You know, if the government told you it was true, it was true. It made you feel warm and fuzzy. But the FDA is also uh, gets a lot of money from lobbying. So, oh. you know, again, follow the money. Yep. With it. Mm -mm. So, but I mean, we're, we are in a great place. Um, if I was going to start uh, my, my, what do you want to call it, hemp, medical hemp business, I don't know if there's any place I'd rather be than Nashville. It's um, Tennessee, for, as you know, we constantly be are looked at as being backwards. There are some aspects of the cannabis industry in this state that are as progressive as any place in the country. Mm -hmm. There are not a lot of us, but there's people who come in, have a little bit of science, and have dedicated a bunch of their profits, pawn it back into R&D, and there's some cool things. And um, I don't know if this is good or bad to say it, is that we have an environment right now that uh, the government's not coming in and micromanaging. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. because I think it has led to some innovation and stuff. And although Tennessee does not grow as much hemp as Kentucky or Colorado, um, I think they're finding their niche in processing and product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, gentlemen, tell them where to find you one more time. Yeah. All right, Tennessee Homegrown, tnhomegrown.com. I'm also the old hemp farmer on Facebook. And um, how current is this? The Southern Hemp Expo, which is in Nashville. That's just 28th like tomorrow, right? 28th, yeah. 29th. We're at booth so 67. This, it'll be missed, but I'll tell all my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come by. 
Yeah. And you? And myself, uh, Nashville Relief. You can find me either, uh, you know, usually at 12 South Tap Run parking lot and or at Hillsborough Village. And uh, yes, find me at Nashville Relief, R-E-L-E-A-F, at gmail.com and my Instagram, Nashville Relief. So Yeah, and I'll post links, as always, on heyhumanpodcast.com. Yes. Harold? John. Yes, thank you for letting me share my story. Thank you so very much. I found this totally enjoyable. Yay! Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Yes. Bye.